Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Neering. Hey, everybody. It is Lisa Neering with True North Homeschool Academy with another podcast episode of Life Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. We are so glad you are here. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to Dr. John Swan. Um, he is the president of John Witherspoon College and an associate professor of Christian Studies. For those of you who aren't familiar with John Witherspoon, it is in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota. Um, and one of their missions is to get kids through a four-year accredited degree with no debt. So you might want to go check it out. I'll put links in the show notes as always. So let me introduce you to Dr. Swan. Dr. Swan is the president of John Witherspoon College, and he is an experienced educator, pastor, and administrator. He has served in both secular and Christian educational institutions and has developed educational programming professional trainings, and a variety of academic courses. He's taught both American audiences and international students. Dr. Swan is a published writer and has contributed to works in Old Testament and theology. He's provided original translations of the Hebrew text from Missional Bible Translation. He has served as a program coordinator of a nationally recognized innovative center and has spoken to international audiences about educational innovation and prepping students for the future. We are so glad to have you on the show, Dr. Swan. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You've just moved to the Black Hills. You've just taken over the presidency of John Witherspoon College. Congratulations on that. <laughs> that is that is wonderful. Um, I want to I want to get your take on this is a long title, but I love you've worked in innovative education, which is what you're doing now. I'd like to get your take on um, you know post 2020. Uh, I think 2020 just like rocked everybody's world, um, and it's really rocked the educational from K through college. I mean, I just read an article yesterday that said 50,000 students did not show up for the LA Unified School's first week of school. Um, that's that's crazy. The only thing that was worse than that was last year, and 12% more didn't show up. <laughs> so um, so educational is in this real time of, of change and kind of revolution. And I'd love to get your take on it. Why, why since 2020, do Christian parents really look at alternative forms of education for their kids? Um, and um, this show is really geared towards homeschoolers. You're in an innovative college program, um, and you've worked in alternative education for a long time. You actually homeschool your kids as well, too. Am I right on that? That is correct. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So tell us what your thoughts are. That's a big introduction. <laughs> that is a big introduction. I'll try to live up to it. Uh, <laughs> So, so just because it's a big introduction, a big topic, uh, let's just jump quite straight into it. And I think it is very safe to use that overused term when we come to 2020. Uh, 2020 was a watershed moment. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, that, that's a phrase that's sometimes used kind of in small ways. I don't think that there's anything small about the significance of 2020. Uh, Whatever your your views on 2020 were, uh, the impact of it 
changed the landscape of our culture. It changed the landscape of our educational institutions. Uh, it changed the landscape of our common conversations. Right. And when you've got something that impacts that much, things change and, and they're everything, even the, the traditional things that are we're fighting to stay are still going to be forced to change. And because of that, that great perfect storm of, of the pandemic and of, of politics and so, and, and economics, multiple things work together, uh, that whichever your, your personal beliefs are, uh, they've worked together that everyone's views of institutions have eroded in some way, shape, or form. Right. Um, the, the, the faith we have in institutions has, has changed. Yeah. Uh, e- either we, we don't believe that they are on our best interest or we don't believe they've done enough right. uh, to protect our best interests. And in either case, we, we've lost that, that stability to our society. When you have an unstable society, the natural reflex of human beings is to try to reestablish stability. Right. Um, right. And there's two ways you can do that. I can either grab hold of the old or I can reach out to something that is quote unquote new. Uh, I say that simply because is, are the new things really as new as many people seem to think they are? And that's one of the things that I would I would definitely address. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to address here in our conversation today. Yeah, that that is a great that's a great question. Are the are the are the new things really that new? Um, I love how you're saying. You know, I've been talking about we're in the fourth industrial revolution, and when you have any kind of revolution, there's always great change. You have people who become millionaires or billionaires in a moment, and you have people whose entire livelihood is wiped out. In a moment, I mean, it's just a time of great opportunity and a time of great stress for people, really. Um, you, you're in education like we are at Turner Arts and School Academy. What are some of the great changes that you've seen in education in the last couple of years? So education is, there's two big changes that I've, I've observed in education. And um, one is locational. Uh, for, for pre-college, you know, before college, uh, th- there has been a huge upsurge in homeschooling. Uh, yeah. Three the number times. of people. I, I'm sorry. I think it's three times more. We went from three to five million to 11 to 14 million in literally two years. That's 24 months. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and I expect that number will continue to, to rise. Um, yeah. particularly as, you have uh, a great deal of non-educational agenda has, has been inserted into educational institutions. Yeah. Uh, I come from, before I was here at John Witherspoon College, I was in Houston Community College. Yeah. Houston Community College is obviously in the fourth largest city in America. Wow. Uh, Houston is the most diverse city in America. Uh, and Houston Community College is amongst the largest community colleges in America. Uh, but in that environment, though, it's amazing that you have an institution that size with that many people from that, that many nations 
And yet the agenda is very much non-diverse. Uh, it is, it is very much lockstep in a certain agenda. And that was one of the things that I, I frequently mentioned to peers and coworkers that, uh, you know, we don't have diversity if it's just in skin color, if it's just in national origin. We have to have diversity of thought or we can't claim to have diversity. And uh, for, for a place that institutionally is, according to the demographics, that diverse, the agenda of what was being pushed was very much non-diverse. Um, and, and that becomes problematic for education because one of the things that you need in education, uh, one of the tenets that almost every faculty member in education will, will, will advocate for is academic freedom. Right. Um, you know, I'd have to be free to explore my subject. Uh, and, and what happens and what has happened in many institutions of higher education is that academic freedom might still be claimed, but it's, it's not allowed. You're not allowed to have certain positions and teach them. And if you're, if you're honest about that, that is one thing. It is with the uh, lack of integrity that it becomes a problem. Right. Uh, Witherspoon College, we are very unapologetically a Christian college. Right. Uh, that is our worldview. And our, our academics will conform to a Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, we're not dictating what each professor has to do in each class. We just have a certain standard that we have to have it. But we're open about that. We're honest about that. Uh, many secular schools will say, oh, we have academic freedom. But if you support the wrong political candidate, uh, they, they will ostracize you at best right. and actively persecute you yeah. Uh, yeah. in more severe cases. Right. I think the way you termed it, non-educational non agenda is happening within our educational institutions is a very, it is a very sanitized way of saying what a lot of us have a lot of emotion about is that we see this non-educational agenda really happening. And, and some of it's dangerous, it's dangerous ideology. It's dangerous to our kids' physical well-being. Um, it, it promotes a, a way of thinking that is truly pagan. Um, and the pagan world is not pretty. Um, if you've done any study of history, you know that paganism is not really probably where any of us want to go. <laughs> um, so I, I like that. I like that terminology because it kind of takes, it, it kind of just, it, it names it without like, you know, blaming or a lot of emotion behind it. Um, but that's one of the things I keep telling people is that the government schools, their agenda is, is on target. The, what they were created to do is what they're doing and they're doing it well. They're not failing in their mission, but Christian parents really need to be more intentional about how they're educating their kids because, um, the public schools are secular humanistic, um, agenda machines. And if you're coming from a faith based, do you really want to put your kids in that situation? Because they're at odds with your family values and at some point they will make a choice. Um, and so you're setting up a paradox for your kids ways when they're really young. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. Um, your comment that this is dangerous uh, is, is the perfect word uh, to describe the situation. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd and uh, I, I was a nerd before it was cool. Your uh, resume does reflect that actually. <laughs> 
I, I, I was a nerd before it was cool. So I've, I've always liked Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and one of the things that Star Trek has is, uh, you know, the, the little, each race has its little slogan. Right. Uh, and everyone knows the, the Vulcans, you know, live long and prosper. Uh, but the Klingons is survival and success. Mm. And when we, when we look at higher education, I think that that motto, uh, is exactly what parents need to consider. It's exactly what students need to consider as they pursue higher education. You're pursuing higher education. Uh, you need to think about survival and you think, you think about success. And when I say survival, uh, it, it goes directly towards your aspect of, of it's dangerous. Mm. Now, now that we're being more overt, uh, our culture was established with, from a Judeo-Christian worldview. Right. Uh, one, one of the great ironies is these people that are, are talking about how, how man is inherently valuable and so we don't need God only have that view that man is inherently valuable because of the Judeo-Christian background. Right. Uh, that, that's one of those ironies that we, we deal with, but we, we have that as a background. But what we've done is because of various reasons, which I will say, and this may offend some people, and I'm okay with that because sometimes we need to be offended. Uh, the Christian community has been too passive. Yeah. We, we have known we're in a Christian country, and so therefore we haven't pushed Christianity. We haven't pushed Christian values, or maybe I shouldn't say pushed. We have not held to. We have not defended. Yeah. And so what's happened is there's been an encroachment of paganism. Mm-hmm. There has been a dissolution of morality, and and this has been happening over time, over generations, uh, where 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 it has faded. That even though these things are the basis of our society, we are abandoning those things now, mm-hmm. which yeah. is not bode well for us. Because if I'm going to take the foundation out of my house after I've built my house, that house isn't going to stand. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember which of the founding fathers it was. I, I believe it was Franklin. I'm not sure. Or Adams, I believe it was. Uh, one of the founders, someone will correct me in the comments, hopefully, yeah. uh, made the observation that the Constitution is inadequate for any except for a moral people. Mm-hmm. If you're not moral, the Constitution isn't going to work. Right. Um, and, and we're actively destroying morality. And then we wonder why our government looks so different from what we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the what has happened as we've dissolved these pillars of society, uh, we've changed from being a culturally speaking, at least Christian society, yeah. to being a non-Christian society. And since 2020, at least, and and people may argue on the time on this. Since then, at least, we've gone beyond that. Where we're not only non-Christian, we are anti-Christian. Mm, yeah. And so when we're sending our children, our, our young people, mm-hmm. when we send our, our, our young people off to colleges, um, we're sending them in an environment that in many cases, the majority of cases, mm-hmm. is actively antagonistic mm-hmm. towards the worldview that they've grown with, mm-hmm. the worldview that we've Sought to share with them the worldview that we wanted to support, mm-hmm. the worldview that we know is to be true. Mm-hmm. 
And, and we're sending them off to be challenged on that. Lambs to the slaughter. Because yeah. the, these, these kids then get there. And because everyone is telling them anti-Christian messages, mm -hmm. um, they, they fall into conforming, thinking they're alone. And what happens is I can have uh, 10 Christians in the room with one pagan. But if that pagan is very vocal, those Christians think mm -hmm. the other nine are also pagan. There's a tendency for them to remain silent, right? Or even worse, to go along with that pagan agenda, and that's exactly right. what we've seen, right? So, what do you say to the parents? I because I was actually in an online discussion about this uh, very issue, and several of the parents came back and said, "If you've raised your kids right, they're going to be fine." Um, I I feel like saying, "How old are your kids, really?" <laughs> because um, you know, we all know what it's like to be the odd person out in the room. And we're sending our 18, 19, 20 year olds into rooms that have, you know, sometimes hundreds of people in them with a professor who has a union behind them and peers that are possibly antagonistic and they're saying, okay, you're going to be the one person who holds fast, even though we might not, you know what I mean? We all know what it's like to be, to be feeling like we're the awkward one that we don't want to share our faith out loud. And yet we're saying, well, we raised our kids right there. Do you, what do you, I mean, like I set the stage like <laughs> as a leading question there, but you know. It, it is that, that, that statement from parents is disingenuous at best. And, and quite frankly, um, it, it's full blown dishonest is, yeah. is what it is. Uh, it's interesting that people will say that, yeah. that, well, I've raised my 18 year old, which when you're 18, you're still not raised. Right. Uh, it's the faith you, of a child. It's the faith of a child. They don't it, have the faith of an adult at that point. Exactly. And, and so I have this, this young person who has not been fully raised. Uh, and I'm sending them off saying, well, I've raised them right. So they'll make the right choices. Um, even outside of all the other illustrations I could use, I will point out the irony that and I don't have the specific numbers memorized, but uh, it, it's easily accessible. The number one fear among American men is public speaking. Is public speaking? Mm. Public speaking. Yeah. And, and, and the reason is, and, and women have a high percentage, although not as high as men. And, and the reason is because the man doesn't want to look stupid mm. in front of a crowd. Right. Um, so if a grown man is afraid or hesitant to speak in front of a crowd right. because he might look foolish and then to turn around and say, well, this 18 year old should go up in an environment where he thinks every single person is looking at him against him. Mm -hmm. He should just, because he, he's got faith, he should just be mm -hmm. able to say it if yeah. I raised him right. Right. Um, you, you know, if, if you're afraid of everyone thinking you're stupid, how much more are our children yeah. going to be afraid of being ostracized, mm -hmm. of being isolated, of being persecuted, of being spit on, of being harassed? Mm -hmm. um, it, yeah. it, 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 and that is the reality that a, a person of faith is encountering in today's public square, not just in higher education. Mm -hmm. Although yeah. in higher education, it is actually quite yeah. prevalent. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I, um, 
I feel like the stats are in. We a lot of evangelical families send their kids off to college, and I think it's like sixty to seventy-five percent of them lose, quote unquote, lose their faith within literally a matter of weeks. Um, it's it's before the end of the first quarter, um, and so I I don't want to be a doomsday teller. But what are you, what's your response to that? What are what are Christians supposed to do? Because I mean, the goal of our young adults is to establish themselves you know, vocationally and familially, and what do we, we don't want to keep them home with us for the rest of their lives. I mean, some of us maybe do, as we see our kids me- moving on in a way. But, I mean, but practically, you know, we want our kids to go be a, a bright light in the world. How do we do that without just sending the lambs to slaughter? <laughs> you know, I think there's a couple of aspects, and one is raise your children right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> You know, that, that's the foundation. So that I will actually agree with yeah. the, the naysayers on raise your kids right. Um, beyond that, uh, the, the short answer, it's going to sound almost flippant, but the short answer is don't send your kids to those colleges. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, e- even in a conservative state like South Dakota, South Dakota is a conservative state. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in the state institutions, I can pr- 